this is all just unfair. I can't do anything. Nothing will change. And you know what? Then fine. I'm not going to do anything. Right. Absolutely. It's like, don't let crisis distract you from the opportunity for growth. Yes. Yes. You know, because it's, a really good way it's it is an opportunity ultimately mm-hmm. for growth. Welcome to the second episode of No Experience Required. I am Steven with a PH, along with my co-host. I'm Chase with a CH. While we're here, we're on our second episode. Um, there's my first um of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to get into kind of like recap mode from our last episode first. Oh, okay. We can just kind of talk about it. How did you feel? I the first felt episode? great. I yeah. mean, it's a first episode. There are... After listening to it, definitely rough things for me. I wasn't, um, in some areas, just thinking more about what I'm saying. It's in some times it took me a while to come up with a question when I really could have jumped at the question itself, um, different things like that. But overall, yeah. I mean, I just had a great time, which is the point. Yeah, it was fun. And I think I, I kind of want to touch again on why we're starting this. Initially, it's just kind of for fun, obviously. But like listening back to the audio, I kind of realized how badly I struggled with just talking. Um, The ums, I think, is something I really, really noticed last time. So I'm going to try my best not to do it this time. But it was fun. It was good. I loved the topic. We talked about storytelling and the impact Mm -hmm. of story. We kind of got into that. Stephen with an um. Stephen with an um. Stephen with an um. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Yeah, I should probably say that instead. And right before this, I was literally telling you how I was practicing talking to myself like while I drive trying to not say I still think that's awesome trying not to say the U-M word <laughs> the U-M word. just such a bad habit such a bad it's habit. a tough one to break yeah. I think you had sent me that video on YouTube sorry my throat just cleared <clears throat> you sent me that video on YouTube about that guy speaking mm-hmm. how to cut out the ums and all yeah. those things and being comfortable with pausing being comfortable yes. with a little bit of silence which is funny you think I'd be good at that because I've gone through so many audits at work mm-hmm. where for some reason they've chosen me to lead the audits and they tell you get comfortable with silence because they're kind of just fishing. They're mm-hmm. just fishing for you to start talking because it's awkward and it feels uncomfortable to just, you know, stand there while they're just waiting for you to keep talking. And I got so comfortable with silence. They would ask me a question and I would get straight to the point and I would answer whatever they're asking me. And then we would just stand there staring at each other for a few awkward seconds. You know, I think they were hoping that I would just keep going and then let something slip or yeah. say something that I shouldn't. Um, but Do you yeah, think that I, was situational? Like you settled into being okay with silence during those situations, but in a new situation or even like a normal conversation, that was gone, that environmental setting was gone. So you reverted back to suddenly feeling nervous when there was a pause or being okay with silence? Yeah, actually, I mean, that's good. I hadn't thought of that. Probably, I think it was more of a situational thing. It kind of became like a discipline and a practice to mm-hmm. get used to. I almost, in a sense, stepped into a character during audits. I yeah. just, you know, faked the confidence. And obviously, I knew what I was talking about. So I wasn't worried about that. It was just more about the speaking part. Mm-hmm. And even now, I'm consciously. And also, I think <laughs> we had also talked about, because listening back to myself while I was editing this, I realized I start, you know, this thread, this thought, 
and I never finish it. I, I just move on to the next thing. And I, you know, I was telling you, I kind of sound like Biden mm-hmm. in that sense. But I needed to learn how to complete a thought because obviously people can't see us and we're pointing to each other and just nodding our head yes when I haven't even finished my thought at all. But yeah, going back to the situational thing, I think it was easier there because it was more practiced, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the conversation was a lot more formal. And so I could just kind of step into that. With us, because I'm so used to speaking to you so informally, mm-hmm. and I'm so used to saying the UM word, <laughs> it's so easy to just slip into like if we're just talking normal, which we are, right? Yeah. It's not like mm-hmm. I don't want this to be fake or anything like that. It's not that, but I do want it to be enjoyable if anybody ever listens to this. Because whenever I'm sitting in meetings and someone points out how many times they say um, it's pretty distracting. Yeah. And for me, uh, my biggest thing that I noticed was me continually saying something like a sentence and then following up with right. Like I'm, I'm bringing you into agree with me or, or it's, it is still a filler word. And then also, like you mentioned, we talked about earlier that we have a lot of shared context. And especially when we got into a conversation about a specific topic, we would jump some of that, jump some of that context and miss out on it because we already both knew. So we'd skip over it for the sake of brevity. And when I'm listening to that as someone who doesn't actually know, like have that shared, same shared context, it could be confusing. And, uh, so speaking does take, especially in a, in a more of a formal setting, or if you have someone listening to you, it does take just conscientious work. And I think to a point, eventually it becomes habit like you did with the audits. Um, and what's helped me, as I say, um, like what helped me, um, (laughs) what helped me, or at least notice it and put some effort into it and try and avoid it and be okay with silence, uh, was doing YouTube that did help me with that some, because when I first started out, there was a lot where I had to edit and I had to cut out a lot. And I noticed that I was saying these filler words very much so, but also, uh, interviewing, I've interviewed quite a bit in the last six years and practiced interviewing a lot and done mock interviews with um, people I'm helping. And one of the things that they really, really drive home is try and avoid those filler words, be okay with silence. It's okay if you need to collect your thoughts for a second. And I've taken that practice over, especially if I'm being recorded, to try and let myself be okay with my thought process. And it does two things. One, I don't just add a bunch of filler words habitually. And two, I'm actually able to bring my point across faster because instead of just trying to talk until I get somewhere, I'll take a second and be able to then fill out what I'm trying to say in a coherent manner, a lot shorter than me just rambling on until I get there. A lot more articulate. Yeah, I think I had mentioned to you about the interview process, how I have this really bad habit of, I kind of ramble a little bit and they're true experiences and I'm actually getting to the point of answering their question, but I I say so much that I usually end up answering their next question with that first question they asked me. So they get to that second question and they almost looked a little bit stumped and they're kind of like, Oh, uh, you touched on this already with your previous answer. And I, you can almost tell they don't know how to make me elaborate on it. Mm -hmm. So then I have to pull out another example usually just to be able to answer the question they've just asked me because I ramble so much. Which is probably going to be a big part of this podcast (laughs) is just our rambling anecdotes and experiences, which is speaking of experiences, Mm -hmm. 
I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on the title of the podcast. I think that's something we yeah, we never really actually talk about. really talked about. We're just like, this sounds cool <laughs> and trendy. But, you know, thinking about it, so it's called No Experience Required. Mm-hmm. To me, obviously, through these podcasts, we're literally talking about our experiences yeah. in life and work or just culture, whatever we're going to touch on. But to me, it's a little bit just more of a symbol of, you know, life, right? Mm-hmm there's really no experience required to do anything in life. You kind of learn as you grow the same as mm-hmm. you would getting into a new job. And anytime I've gone into a new job that was entry level or there was no experience required and they're training you, I'm just kind of likening it to that, right? Like <laughs> life, you, you really don't need experience to do it. You just got to do it. And through those, you know, mistakes, errors and accomplishments and, and goals that you're able to reach, you're able to get those experiences, I guess. I know that sounds a little bit corny, but yeah. that's the best way I was able to fit it into our title after the, you know, it's like hindsight. <laughs> yeah. After the fact of, of coming up with it, because I, I didn't actually think it through all that much. It just mm. kind of sounded cool to be honest. <laughs> yeah. For me, I, for me, I thought that, um, it was indicative of where I was at. <clears throat> um, 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 <laughs> um. <laughs> it's not like a YouTube video where we can tally, like, you know, visually yeah, how many yeah. ums we're saying throughout this. Someone will keep score. I'm we'll sure. just add an announcement after the fact. Yeah. We'll hopefully yeah, have we'll improvement count it over up. time. Yeah. No, I think for me, I just, like most things I've done in my life, I haven't had the prerequisite experience. I haven't had this long history of doing something. And for the most part, stepping into an area has been completely new. And I want it to be okay to do that. This is another thing. It's not like I'm an expert speaker or I have this expert experience where I can provide a lot of people with answers. It's really just two guys with no experience just talking and working through things in probably a similar way that most people are. That's what I would like it to be is something relatable. Absolutely. Just a normal conversation, not me coming from a point of authority or you coming from a point of authority. More just saying, here's what we deal with. Here's our perspectives. And they may be wrong and they will be wrong at yeah. some times. That's why even us talking about oh, how we can improve, we're not going to be expert speakers going through this. We're going to have missteps. We're going to have ums. We're going to have... Yeah places where we're inarticulate but hopefully we improve over time just yeah. through the practice not that we'll do it faster or better than anybody else but just you know right. it's two normal guys right? yeah, yeah we're just, just two, two dudes <laughs> and hopefully people out there can relate to two random guys talking about life and and yeah i i think when you're saying there was no experience required to start this podcast i think that's been kind of the message the whole time starting anything new right with photography with youtube with any creative endeavor or just venture whether it's going to school or or whatever it might be there really is no experience required to start anything you just got to do it and then learn from it and grow and then it eventually you know establishes itself as something a lot more solidified yeah it's hard yeah it's very difficult and i think that's a really good segue into today's topic itself which was not planned. So a lot of this is going to be even less formal, if you can believe it, than last podcast. <laughs> At least Literally last time no we'd experience. had time to plan. Yeah, yeah we'd, we'd had time to plan. We'd had some notes. We'd had things like that. And we had another topic we were going to talk about. And I think it was last night. Was it last night? I was yeah, just, it was last night. I just sent you a message and was like, hey, I feel like I want to talk about distraction. 
And are you okay with that? And yeah. it was a complete switch. Who so does? we have no notes, no studying. No just notes, no studying. Just what did make you want to switch suddenly? Photography just kind of sounded boring, a little too no, easy? Or? No, it was, it was just that um, I had... It wasn't necessarily about distraction, so it kind of goes into two parts. One is accomplishing goals, and two is distraction, you know, how those kind of conflict. And um, so I've been going through a lot of these times and more intensely lately. I've been doing going through this process of trying to figure out some sort of productivity and some sort of goal setting for like two years now. And this last month or so, I've really gotten down to a point of that I want to accomplish some goals, but I keep finding myself distracted. And I keep getting frustrated with myself for the fact that I keep getting distracted. And it's a continual pattern. It's nothing new. It's just that I have some certain goals that I really want to try and do and put effort and focus into. One of them being this podcast. Yeah. But I keep getting distracted by a lot of different things. And some of them are reasonable and other ones are not. And so I wanted to talk about that with you. Yeah. How, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty common thing in today's day and age yeah well it's always a constant yeah so yes. we're always going to find ourselves in a state of being where we're probably going to either be distracted by something or something is calling our attention yeah so when you talk about distraction i guess maybe we can divide it into two things there's your maybe like exterior distractions for lack of a better word okay you know you have uh social media you mm-hmm. have hobbies yeah. you have just wasting time right and then there's going to be maybe some interior or <clears throat> inner personal distractions right and that's yeah. just thought process negativity whatever it might be so maybe we can start with exterior yeah. distractions so when you're talking about accomplishing goals setting goals things you want to focus on mm-hmm. what do you think is these distractions that kind of keep you away from that primary focus mm-hmm. at least your biggest you know few I think part of it is my interest in a lot of different areas. Mm. There's a lot of things I like to do that are fun to do and I want to experience in life. Um, there's things that I want to watch, of course. There's my <laughs> addiction to story, uh, which goes into movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, that can be social media and it can be reading and it can be audiobooks and podcasts. Right. But I also like getting into things. I like starting things. I like to get better at things. I like to see if I'll enjoy it, what I do like and what I don't like. But I've found that eventually that leads to basically nowhere. Yeah. So this year, I really wanted to set some goals that I'm going to accomplish. And I think back in November is when I started that I wanted to accomplish specific things. I wanted to do... Uh, I wanted to work on writing a book. I wanted to then work on this podcast with you. I wanted to run the Grand Canyon. I wanted to be much more focused and dedicated to writing the blog and then also focus on my work itself. Now, that may sound like a lot, and it still might be too much, but compared to what I normally do, that's relatively small. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, instead of having like 20 other side projects going on. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, so my external factors that I've been struggling with have been things like YouTube. Uh, I watch an absurd amount of YouTube. Um, social media isn't terrible for me because I learned that just getting rid of that right. will help Turning me. So out. I got rid of Instagram. I got rid of Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, have, I miss you. 
Yeah. <laughs> miss your <laughs> your online presence as if we don't hang out enough in person. Uh, um, and so for the external factors, we talked about it earlier that this whole world is kind of built to try and grab our attention. Yeah. And it can really be anything. It doesn't need to be anything like dedicated. It can be just a few seconds here and there, but it can break my cycle of attention or my cycle of focus. And then when you have to context switch, it actually is a huge waste of time. Or a lot of times I don't even get time to settle into a point of focus on what I'm trying to accomplish. I start jumping from thing to thing so much. I don't actually get to a point where I'm in what's it called a state of deep work, which is where your mind is completely focused on what you're doing and you're able to accomplish more all the outside distractions are drowned out and that's a great place to be. But if you try and do too many things at once, you will context switch and context switching actually generally takes, I think about 15 minutes or so to actually get past the point of where you're, you're unfocused again into a point of being dedicated to the work that you're doing. And if you context switch twice an hour, that's half an hour that's completely gone and only 15 minutes of work on two separate things. Yeah. Now I context switch more than that. I don't, like I said, I don't even get to a point of true focus. So all of those external factors do that to me. Even when I'm sitting here at work, I'll start just thinking on something else. It doesn't have to be that I look at my phone. I can just have a thought that will grab my attention and I'll suddenly just sit back and start thinking about that. I context switch into that and then I should be going back to work. And this really is highlighted when I don't make the progress that I want to make in the projects that I actually want to do. So I should have a certain amount written. I should probably be able to write, just as, a, as an easier goal, 500 words a day. Hmm. 500 words a day of just actually writing is not that bad. I can type 80 words a minute. Yeah. So that's like less than 10 minutes yeah. of writing. Right, somewhere like that, like any words, yeah, something like I that. It's math, yeah, so it's. Right. <laughs> I'm not it's gonna. Not, yeah. It's not very much time, right? But that's dedicated, focus work on what I'm doing. So I can't even grab my, you know, put my attention to that enough. And even this podcast, one notes probably would have been a good idea for this subject because <laughs> it's a pretty deep one, yeah, really. I think there are a bunch of different areas yeah. as well, and so I'm trying to put it into these project and goals that you want to do. The goals that you do want to accomplish, I'm, I'm wondering if it's not as much as that I should be focusing on those things as where I should be cutting out everything else that doesn't align with those goals. Yeah. If YouTube doesn't align with those goals and I'm using in a way that doesn't actually help me reach those goals, if I'm using someone to learn a new method of writing or learning how to get past a writer's block or something like that, then I should not be on YouTube whatsoever. I should not be listening to um, an audio book while I'm trying to write, or I should not be listening to a podcast. I should be using every bit of time to actually accomplish my goals, especially when you do have other things that are required in life. And this is really the crux of, uh, of what I'm when I was younger and I didn't have a wife, I didn't have kids, I didn't have other responsibilities. It was much easier to dedicate time mm -hmm. to a bunch of different things. I would go rock climbing, I would go trail running, I would coach gymnastics, I would do gymnastics, I would read, I would do all of these different things and it never felt like I was wasting time. When I got married, that cut down on some time. 
Um, when I had a serious job, that cut down on a lot of time. And when I had kids, that cut down on a lot of time. Yeah. So the time that I had to accomplish things was severely cut down, but I had still built all of these habits where I was not using my time effectively. Still trying to put areas where are our most important and prioritize, like my family and yeah. work, things that are required for me to just make it through normal life. Yeah. And um, as I've been trying to now cut down on my other goals and just do random things and be dedicated to a certain amount, really, really struggle with it. Even over this last, uh, since we said we we're going to start the podcast, I've wanted to take notes. I've wanted to set up notion. I've wanted to do these things and I have the time to do them. That's the thing is I have the time to accomplish them. That time exists, but I don't use my time effectively because I still have other areas that are grabbing at me. I still have external factors that I allow to, to grab my attention. Yeah, no, that's good. I think, and it's funny that you mentioned Notion, which is essentially an app that helps you kind of organize and create tasks and, and we can't even get to that. And yeah, I've been the same. I'm to begin with, this was my idea. Right. And I, I mean, currently still have not even gotten a host site to, for our podcast. And it's just one of those things where you think about the goals that you want to accomplish and what kind of systems you're putting in place for those habits, because it's a discipline overall, right? Yes. Because of those distractions constantly calling your attention, it's so easy to just get out of that system if you're not well-disciplined with mm -hmm. whatever system you have in yeah. place, right? So with Notion, the app, it's supposed to make it easier for me to write things in there and throw things in there and communicate with you, and I haven't done that at all. And really, there's no excuse. I, I just haven't made that time. I've been letting other things take away my focus. And when you initially told me about thinking of doing distraction as a topic that we talk about, it always obviously hits close to home. Like I said, it's just kind of a constant state of being where something is trying to distract you from what you should focus on. And I, I had looked up just, obviously I know the meaning of distraction and, and things like that, but I was just kind of looking into the word itself and I had seen this, uh, a biblical definition mm. of distraction. So this is on 15degreesne.com. To be honest, it was just an article mm -hmm. that popped up after the many that I was reading. And so it says a distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Distraction comes from the Latin dis, which means apart, and trahir. I don't know if you actually pronounce it that way, but the second part is trahir, which means drag. So distraction is when you're dragged away from your task, mm. which is pretty interesting because obviously it's a, it's a choice to, you know, to be distracted, to, to put your focus on other things that you shouldn't be focusing on. But it's also just telling of how powerful distraction really is, yeah. that the term technically is dragged, dragged away yeah. by something, which is kind of sounds eerie in my brain. I picture this like monster <laughs> dragging you away from just the task that you should be doing, but it is, it's a yeah. super powerful thing when you think of the daily things that distract us and whether it's, you're trying to reach a goal professionally or personally, or maybe your weight or whatever it might be, there's going to be so many things trying to distract you from that. Right. And so you talk a little bit about those external factors which are super present. And obviously I fall into that so easily where it's my phone. I just, mm -hmm. it's such a habit to pick up your phone, right? It, it's kind of crazy to think. And I, you think about back in the day when we didn't have cell phones, you'd go to the restroom and it's kind of a joke that you would read like the back of <laughs> like an aerosol can or whatever. 
And and now people have their phones on them 24-7 that you're literally looking at it while you drive, while you go to the mm-hmm. restroom, while you're hanging out with friends. Such a distraction, yeah. right? And obviously the phone is just the means of different distractions to get you, whether that be a game, uh, social media, a book, yeah. right? Audio book. I listen to a lot of audio books now. And that can be a distraction. I think a part of me justifies that as a way to learn. And I think it can be, I think yeah. it can be a great be a tool. Yeah, absolutely. A tool. Right. But it's one of those things where you really have to be careful with how much you're consuming of anything. Right. Yeah. There's always that balance that you have to do. So when you were talking about the goals and, and establishing goals, I had listened to beyond order by Jordan Peterson okay, yeah. last year. It came out last year. And his second rule is, Imagine who you could be and aim single-mindedly at that. Yeah. And it's just such a great chapter in his book because he's essentially talking about that, right? Having this goal and not just asking the question of who am I, but who could I be? Yeah. And he also mentions about always placing who you could be above who you are. Mm. Obviously for the betterment of yourself, right? Yeah. I don't even think that's a word. Bettering of yourself. I don't know. Betterment. Better I don't know. Yeah, um, and it's such a good chapter and it's funny because he references Harry Potter in this chapter, Mm. which is my favorite book. So I kind of nerded out for that reason to begin with. But he talks about Quidditch, which is the sport Mm. played in Harry Potter. And it's a little bit like lacrosse. They're mounted up on broomsticks. And he's likening it to this, you know, fake sport in this obviously huge novel. And at surface level, you're like, it's just a sport that J.K. Rowling invented for fun. It's magical. They're flying around on broomsticks. But he kind of breaks it down to the positions of the game Quidditch. So in this game, you have, it's seven players, two teams, seven players, and you have three chasers who are essentially trying to get points through three hoops. You have two bludgers, and they kind of are the ones to try to keep you from scoring points. And they have this tool in their hand. They're bludgeoning people, literally. It's like, (laughs) you know, a bat or... And, and then you have a keeper who's essentially like a goalie and then you have your seeker and he kind of likens the seeker to how one should be right. Your chasers Mm. are your everyday people, your everyday life where you're just kind of going about going through work, going through the motions and the seekers kind of playing this game within the game. So the seekers job is to find the golden snitch which is this little winged gold orb that flies around and zooms about. And it's super hard to catch, super hard to find while all this chaos is going on around the seeker. And I really loved it because I've read these books my whole life. I've probably read them at each book, at least, at least 12 times, no joke throughout my life. And I obviously, when I was younger, I wouldn't have seen the symbolism within the Quidditch game in the book. Right. But when he, put it down that way it was huge like and it's obviously it's like you know it's a hidden meaning and maybe she meant it that way maybe she didn't but when you try to identify yourself as a seeker you know if you're typing yourself as a seeker in the quidditch game it's going to be that much harder for you to find that golden snitch right to to chase it to be able to get it and attain it and that golden snitch can be anything right it can be the most important things in life, right? Family, Mm -hmm. establishing yourself as as someone with a good job or or just a home. It could be a passion project, Mm -hmm. things that actually matter and will have impact as opposed to just 
trying to make points, right? Just trying to live your daily yeah. life. It's easy to just get a job that's going to make you money, kind of live your day in and out of life, just just kind of going by, right? Yeah. And so I, I really, really like that chapter. I don't know if you've listened to that book or read it, but it's such a good book. I had listened to um, his first one, 12 mm-hmm. Rules for Life, and I really enjoyed it. When I initially started Beyond Order, it was a little difficult for me to get into, and it was probably because of distractions, right? I had like two other audiobooks going on at the time, and I was just into them. So every time I would start Beyond Order, I was just struggling to focus mm-hmm. mentally on everything on the book, just all the concept of the whole book that, that he um, wrote. And so once I finished it up, I loved it. It's just as good as the first book. But I recommend it if you haven't listened to it or read it. It's such a good book, especially that chapter. And it's funny because it's probably the chapter that stuck out the most to me. So when you brought up distraction, I was like, oh, perfect. Like, I actually don't <laughs> like, it, you know, because we changed up the topic so quick, I didn't really do too much research or yeah. write down any notes. And I was like, okay, perfect. Like, that's a great example that I obviously would love to reference. Because it is. It's such um, a telling, like, allegorical meaning behind the game Quidditch. Yeah. When, and it, it sounds simple and kind of silly to be comparing it to that, but it really is. I think it really is such a good example of how much around you is trying to distract you yeah. from, you know, once you catch that snitch, it pretty much wins the game. Yeah. Essentially, you're like, it's like an end. Because each win. goal, the, the normal... <clears throat> The normal ones make is like one point or two points or whatever, right? Yeah. And then if you catch the snitch, you get 150 yeah. points. It's yeah. not even a, right. a close yeah. thing. If you, And yeah, that's that's really true. For the most part, you can go through and, and win the game of life by making goals and yeah. doing that. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. I do think there is. There's nothing wrong with living your life in the way no. that you want to live. And if you want to raise a family, provide for them, provide a good home. That should be the goal no matter what. If you decide to start a family, yeah. that is paramount right. no matter what. Like you don't sacrifice that for the sake of an individual goal, I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, now, if you have a goal-oriented family or a good partnership between a wife and a husband where there's going to be those sacrifices made to make something bigger and be a part of it, totally fine too. Um, but it's that's, a, that's another thing. And so I, I really like that that analogy of that seeker and and that singular minded goal, like that's what you should be focused on. You should have these very specific things and you're absolutely right. So when I, I know what it takes to be an elite level of some things, right? Um, I was a gymnast for 10 years and I had to dedicate pretty much my life to gymnastics to reach a specific level. And I decided not to go to high school and be continue homeschooling to focus more on gymnastics and put all of my effort into that. And it paid off. It was a really good experience. And I competed against uh, gymnasts who went on to actually, one of them became an alternate for the 2012 Olympics. And it was a, yeah, fantastic thing. And so the amount of effort and focus and sacrifice it takes to be good in anything is already high enough. Even if you just want to be good, if you want to be great, that's a completely different level. You can have these high performers and be good. You can score a lot of points. You can do a lot of great things and make it through. But to be great, you do have to be in a way singularly focused and dedicated to finding that golden snitch, that singular item 
that you are ignoring everything else going on. You're not trying to help with goals. You're not trying to stop people. You're not trying to um, any other part of strategy of the game, but can be completely dedicated to finding that goal. And then once you see it, pursue that to the end. There is no distraction. There could be no other thing. And there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that. A lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, and, uh, and a lot of people around you, especially if you have family, they have to sacrifice too, to an extent. Yeah. You don't want that sacrifice to over, um, you know, you don't want it to be at the cost of your family. And so that's why you have to have buy-in from the person you're in a relationship with and your kids and all that to an extent. And it has to have some sort of goal to it. It had the, where they're included. It can't be individual. Otherwise it'll be completely selfish and I don't believe that's a healthy way to live a relationship but they have to also be behind you in that and support you because they also at that point in fact they have to also be a part of the team working towards that yeah. a lot of times let's use trail running so I want to do trail running um, and I want to grow in the Grand Canyon and I want to do really well at it even to be a good not great not anything great just good I'm going to have to spend hours and hours a week probably between 10 and 20 hours a week running away from my family, that's a huge sacrifice for them. Now my wife knows that it's important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting at the cost of her. I'm, I'm on constant communication, making sure she's getting what she needs yeah. and that I'm still providing what they need for that. Uh, but it's this huge cost. So to be great at anything in the amount of, uh, you have to be completely focused. You have to cut out every other thing. There's not enough time. There's not enough energy for a bunch of things. So that singular focus, when you decide to do that, how do you reach that point? How do you cut all that out when the entire world is built to try and grab your attention? Uh, we talked about attention economy last time, just a little bit. We talked about it, I think a little bit this time too, yeah. so far. But when your attention is a currency and Everything is trying to grab your your attention because it is what you know gives you value. Even this even this podcast to an extent, yeah. we want your attention. We want you to listen. Now we want you to gain equal value for what you give us. We appreciate the attention. We appreciate the time that you provide. But and we want to give you something back equal to what you're giving us in return. Hopefully, or even more so if possible. Whether it's through uh, just relation, entertainment, um, some information that does help you, we want to provide that back. But that attention is still needed. So how in this world when you're trying to accomplish that and everything is vying for your attention, how do you have that singular focus? How do you cut out everything else? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that answer yet. Right. Uh, and it's, it's extremely difficult because the, there's a lot of great things. There's a lot of very entertaining and fulfilling things. And, and a lot of it is false. A lot of it's kind of like popcorn or sugar where it's not really fulfilling. It's not, it's not actually beneficial to you, but it feels that way at the time. And so where, you know, how do you do that? How do you dedicate yourself to something so singularly? How do you become that seeker to where you're just, that is everything else and you cut out. And sometimes it is, there's, there's no, uh, there's a saying in the work, there's no solutions. There's only compromise. Hmm. There is no perfect solution where you get to do everything. You have to sacrifice other things. You have to compromise on areas and you decide what those compromises are and then sticking, being disciplined about that is is paramount to your success because then if you lose that discipline, 
the other stuff is going to drag you back. That's where that's where it comes yeah. back. You're you will get dragged back. You will get dragged apart from your goals. Yeah. And I don't know how to break it back. I don't know how to break out of that cycle yet. Right. So. Yeah, that's difficult. I think obviously it's probably. I think there's set systems that you can take on, right, to better accomplish goals and to, mm. to better pursue things like that and not be as distracted. But then I think it also comes down to a personal level of every individual knows what it is that is distracting them, mm. right, from that better goal or that passion project or their family or what's truly important. I think for me, and I'm at a very different place in life than you, right? Mm. I, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I have a job, and that's time-consuming, obviously. But I, I do have the luxury of dividing up my time a little bit differently mm. and how I want to divide that. And there's a lot of freedom in that, right? I think, and I don't mean that just in a good way. I, also, obviously, I don't have a family, right? I, I don't get to put my time and focus into teaching a little one mm-hmm. or into providing for a partner, things like that. But I think for me, it's by nature, I'm an extremely undisciplined person. And that's probably just from all the external factors. It's probably part of my personality. It's probably the way I was raised. There's so many contributing factors to why I'm such an undisciplined person, right? I could have broken out of that. I could, I think a lot of times it's easy to blame our parents for habits that are passed down. Hmm. I, I think, you know, my parents, I love them, but you know, they, we were raised in a very different kind of upbringing and we were never really taught discipline in, in certain areas, uh, financial or, or good eating habits or just getting out of our comfort zone, things like that. And so trying to break out of those things is hard enough as it is without being distracted by now other things, right? And so for me, I have to be extremely intentional mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. Or if, if not, I'm extremely unorganized and I'm going to be distracted extremely easily by something else and focus my attention on things that I probably shouldn't. And it is hard. It's super difficult. I think, so I mean, it was probably about two years ago when you introduced me to bullet journaling. Mm -hmm. And that's a very small system that I've actually have had in place now. So I completed my first full year of bullet journaling last year. And it was extremely helpful, extremely helpful. And it sounds silly to think that I have to have this system in place to keep myself in check. And I had been talking to my my brother-in-law about this. And he's like, I just don't think it's for me. Why can't I just have an app or a reminder every single time? And I was like, well, why can't you? Why don't you? Yeah. Right. And I could say the same for myself. I, I could have set all these other things to remind me or to to be able to push myself to do these things. But it obviously wasn't working. Yeah. Right. And so maybe a bullet journal wouldn't work for my brother-in-law. Maybe he would find a better system. And I think that's what I mean by every individual knows what it's. Maybe they don't know but you do have to try to put something in place to be able to cater it to yourself because the bullet journal for whatever reason worked for me, right? It scratched quite a few different (laughs) itches for me uh, because I I kind of use it creatively. It's like a creative outlet. I I completely create it from scratch. I remember seeing your notebook. It was, I, I did bullet journaling and it did, it worked great. I was actually was, it was helpful. But the differences between our notebooks were completely <laughs> different. Mine was like, I had straight lines in there that would mark out some things and yeah. then bullet points. And that was about it. Yeah. Stevens looked like an artist had gone oh, through. Gosh. It was the example <laughs> of how people look at it and get enticed by it. Man, that yeah. looks so nice. <laughs> that guy's got all everything in order. 
Mm, <laughs> and for no. me, mine mine was like the opposite. If it was an advertisement, <laughs> my <laughs> Mine would be like, yeah, we're not going to show anybody this one. We're hiding this away and burning it. You don't need this as an example. Or it would be the example yeah. of like, do you want to go from this <laughs> to this? Exactly. That's you exactly. can with our new bullet. They were the yeah. contrast. No, no, not at all. I think, unfortunately, that can be a bad thing, right? I think, I mean, I'm a creative person, so I like doodling. I have a brain dump page on there where I just doodle my thoughts or, or kind of highlights of the month or lowlights. And I, and I doodle it just because it's fun and it's different and it's a quick glance at, you know, what, what I'm up to or what my month was like. But it can be a little bit too much. And I think that alone within itself can be a distraction, right? Mm-hmm. If I want to make it look too pretty, if I want to add all these doodles that are unnecessary and eventually, you know, I'm an hour or two in to my bullet journal and I still haven't written down my tasks. I still haven't uh, actually measured what I've accomplished in any way then that's become a distraction, right? That's become something that yeah. keeps me from being able to, use, yeah, to accomplish or to use a system that I put in place, right? And so I think, you know, I showed my bullet journal to my brother-in-law and my sister and they're like, that's too much. I just, I'm not that creative. I can't do that much. And I said, well, cater it to, you know, and that's then another you show example. Mine. <laughs> yeah. You literally just have to write down your you, to dos. You just have it. to have bullet points with yeah. words. That's it. Yeah, really. It yeah. can be as minimal as you want it to be, or it can be obviously as. It doesn't even have to be legible. See? <laughs> yeah, just chicken scratch. You're literally, only you can read it, right? And, and it's really helped me. I don't think I've ever had a system in place that, that has helped me that much at accomplishing goals that I had and and so you know at the end of the year I just kind of reflected on it and I I think I met half of my goals for the year on different categories right I had my financial goals and my personal goals and my health goals and I think I to myself considered I think about halfway but that's still probably way more than I've ever accomplished in the previous years without any system or without me just doing it on the spot you know and it's and so I've continued it this year, but it's funny because even at the beginning of the year, I started writing into it and then I completely just like lost that like yeah. passion for it. And so I went like a week or two where I was like, maybe I shouldn't start it. But then I was like, you know what? It helped me. I think I just need to get back into that mindset. And I was being distracted, right? It was yeah. whatever it might've been. I just wasn't focusing on it. And I know that it's for my good, yeah, right? And I think when you, it's easy to have different hobbies or different things that you want to do or or goals. And sometimes you find yourself feeling either lazy or, but you know, right? I I think, you know, with audiobooks for me, I think it's been good. Now, I think I can maybe learn to balance my time a little bit better. Maybe I should put more focus on other things, but Ultimately, I know that the intention of learning from it has worked mm-hmm. and it's helped me in different ways, whether creatively or personally, right? I, I'm always switching between just fictional storytelling and, and books and then to self-help kind of stuff like mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson or, or or just other, you know, autobiographies, things like that. So I think it's been for my good. And I, I think people know what they're doing if it's actually just to pass time or even we talked a little bit about escapism mm-hmm. on our last episode, right? Like, is it just a form of escape? Yeah. Is it just because this is keeping me from focusing on what I should, but I don't want to focus on that. Yeah. And I think that's 
you know, I, I mentioned maybe dividing this into like the external factors of distraction and then internal. Mm -hmm. And for me, obviously I struggle with the external a lot and it's probably the primary struggle is, is those external distractions. But I'm also someone who has a lot of internal distractions. And so the way my brain works is I'm, you know, I worry quite a bit. Mm. I'm constantly in the future and not in a good sense. It's not planning. It's not setting goals, but it's worrying about what tomorrow might bring. And that's a huge distraction, right? Mm. Not just from me actually being able to focus in a positive light into the future and setting goals and working towards things, but it's also a huge distraction from the present. And I've dealt a lot with that, right? With like fear and just not being able to live in the moment. Mm. And that's not good ultimately, right? And, and so that's an internal, I think, example of, of a distraction is your mindset. And obviously not being disciplined can lead <laughs> to these external uh, distractions coming to fruition. And, and, you know, obviously if I'm not disciplined, it's going to lead to me just being on my phone all the time and looking at memes and looking through TikToks and things like that, which, you know, before I know it, I spend like an hour on my phone just looking at really dumb stuff. Yeah. And even if there was something that was good within that hour, it's tiny compared to like the amount of just trash that I'm taking in. Yeah. And so I think the internal struggles are just as important to identify as your external struggles, right? And they're probably tied, and I'm probably just not connecting the two because I think one leads to another, and it's very telling of what your mindset is like at the time, obviously. But going back to the escapism thing, I think that although you're using an external distraction for, you know, that's the distraction is an external thing, it's really an internal problem, yeah. right? And... I think it can easily become that. Mm -hmm. So going back to the audiobooks thing, am I just using that because I'd rather not spend too much time in my brain alone, you know, or mm -hmm. is it because I'm actually learning? Is it because I'm actually applying something that I'm getting out of this into my real life? And so that's very telling. I think of, of the hobbies you get into or the things that you're currently into. Is it something you're actually benefiting from or ultimately is it just a distraction from something you don't want to focus on. Yeah. That's really interesting because for me, mine, I don't necessarily struggle with that. I don't have an issue where an internal distraction where I'm afraid of something or, you know, I worry about tomorrow or I do this thing. Mine is purely poor impulse control. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I have specific distractions, but I, I have a desire to accomplish a goal but I lack the discipline to cut out everything I need to, to do it, mm -hmm. to call myself out when I start watching YouTube or start going through, um, or I listen to an audio book. And when I know I should cut that off and start doing something productive, but I'm right at a point in a story where I need to keep going on it. I need to hear what happens next. And that is, I, we talked about before the podcast is that like I start a book series and I know that I'm going to have to finish it. Yeah. It's almost compulsive to the point of like, I, I need to hear what happens all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. If Same. A, if, yeah. yeah. If a series, if I know that a series doesn't, uh, if like somebody drops off a series or something happens, I don't start the series. Um, uh, because I don't even know. It just drives me crazy that this, this, there's no ending to the story. 
Or if the, for, for example, Ready Player One mm-hmm. was so good and I loved it. And then Ready Player Two was so bad that it ruined the first book. Mm-hmm. So I can't even re-listen to, even though Ready Player One was one of my favorite books for the longest time, I can't even listen to it now because I know that I'll want to listen to the second one. And it's so, wow. it's just, it's disappointing. So I can't even listen to it anymore. Yeah. And completely ruined it. And I just have that impulse where, which is funny because like I have to finish a story so I can dedicate a bunch of time to that, but I don't have to finish a task that I need to do. Right. So that can be so half yeah, that's, left, that's half really done. <laughs> that's fine with not finishing. Uh, but I, yeah, I have this weird, uh, yeah, just a lack of, a lack of discipline, a lack of self-control. Right. And there are things from gymnastics where I know, cause I was dedicated to that. I would spend hours and hours a day thinking about it, doing it, practicing it and focusing every part of my body and energy into it. And there are practices that I know that I need to do, which when you go into gymnastics, you go into the gym completely separated away from the external world. You don't have your phone with you. You don't have this with you. You don't have, um, anybody trying to take your attention away your time in the gym was completely dedicated to specific things and it was broken up that you would go to an event. You wouldn't just jump around from event to event. You would go to the floor and you would practice your floor routine. You would have a set of skills that you needed to work on, a set of strength moves that you needed to work on and exercises you needed to do. And you would do that for one hour and then you would go on to another event and you would go to the pommel horse and you would work on very specific skills, techniques and strengths for that specific event. And then you would move on again onto the next hour for an hour or so. And then you would do strength conditioning for all around and, and flexibility. And then your time was done. And then you went on to the other thing. So there are, you could probably model something like that after that. For me, with family and with all these different things, one, I do need to be probably more transparent with my wife about the amount that it would take to do that. Uh, to do different things, whether it's writing, whether it's this, like I need complete time away from that. And I also need to work inter I guess that is an internal thing. I need to be okay with some of that. Yeah. Very, very balanced. I'm not saying completely away, but if I do want to accomplish some other things and leave some behind or make my way in another way, I need to make those compromises. Again, there's no solutions, only compromise. Right. And I need to be very transparent about that. And have her be a part of the process, making sure that she's keeping me on track. And she is. She's a great mom and a great wife. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's what she loves. She's, yeah. she's good with that. That's right. what she likes to do. Right. I need to be okay with maybe not always being there, taking care of, because I do. So a lot of times I will, I will maybe help too much. I will For do, sure. uh, I'll feel responsible. I don't feel guilty about taking time away. Yeah. But Now, is that just a natural thing that you like struggle with, you yes. think? Or, okay. Yes. Uh, when I feel responsible for something and it is, uh, with the importance of something like family and I'm not saying I should just cut it out and that I don't have any responsibility for it. That's not it. But I do need to be balanced in it. My wife has a role to play in the home and I need to be okay with letting her do that. Mm -hmm. And I found that I do have this. I've, I, I found that I have an issue with when someone does need me, I can become a crutch to a person. Gotcha. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Like, can I, that be crippling? Yes. Yeah. I can, I can take so much pressure off of them and be there for them so much to yeah. where I won't allow them to grow. Gotcha. I'm actually harming them 
Gotcha. Even if it seems like I am helping and mm. I'm doing a lot, I'm doing it to a detriment because mm. they're not having the opportunity to get stronger or mm. grow in these specific areas because I'm stepping in. And I see that it is mm. difficult and I don't want them to go through a hard time, even though I know that you need to go through hard times to grow right. and to be stronger. Right. And she has proven that. Mm-hmm. She has proven the capability, mm-hmm. especially over this past year. Mm-hmm. You know what we've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. She has proven that she's taken more than I ever thought she would and right. handled way more than I thought she was capable of. And that's that's bad on me because I'm not respecting her ability enough as a wife and as a mom and as my partner right. to handle the things that she can handle. Yeah. And sure, she never pushed for it. Right. She yeah. never she never was like, hey, just let me do this much. That was not really right. her nature either. No, right. But I also never gave her the, gave her the credit she deserved yeah. and allowed her to right. prove to herself that yeah. she could do that. Right. So I really am in a lot of ways doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. Allowing and that space. Yeah, for her allowing to find that space. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Right. And that does distract me from the things that I should be focusing on ways as, yeah. as the, as the moneymaker in, in the yeah. household, that's what we've agreed on that she will stay home, take care of the yeah. house, take care of the kids. That's what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. I will provide for her to do that yeah. for her to give her a life that she wants and she enjoys. Right. And not that it doesn't come. <laughs> I've been on parental leave for the past six weeks. That is not an easy job. So I <laughs> yeah. don't begrudge her that. I'm like no. more power to you. Let yeah. me, let me help you do that in any way you can. Right. Let me do this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so right. I, but that's good. That's yeah. a really good point that you make. And I think in a sense, you know, thinking about it, I mean, in the same with professional, right. Setting, when you are constantly, and I'm just thinking back to like my examples in, you know, I used to work in quality control for a medical company and I, I ran the team and it was easy for me to just take on everything mm-hmm. because I think naturally they wanted for me to take it on. And it was really hard stepping back from letting them grow, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. I had mentioned earlier about how I always ran the audits and it's because I was became good at it, but yeah. it was because you weren't actually in a position where you were right. supposed to. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't giving others the opportunity to grow mm-hmm. by allowing them to run an audit or to step in a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and I love that you mentioned that because ultimately <laughs> me trying to tie it back to distraction, like I became a distraction from their own personal growth Yeah, because I was just stepping in too much. It's a distraction on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. You're distracted from actually being where you want to be. Now, if that's what you wanted to do, that could be yours. But we had conversations where you didn't want to necessarily be a part of the audits. That's not the direction you wanted to go. No. However, your natural inclination distracted both parties, the people who could and might want to, and you from being able to accomplish the goals that you should work towards. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. My wife doesn't do that. My wife, for the most part, is very, very supportive mm-hmm. in those things. Now, she's very good at balancing yeah. and making sure that I'm not going too far. Right. Because I do that too. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, that is a huge thing I need to work on is being able to let go mm-hmm. of areas in life, 
yeah, like I said, I need to cut out areas. And it sounds harsh when that's like, hey, I need to cut out specific areas of being at home. No, 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 no. Like yeah, you're talking about a healthy balance. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about actual, trying to where to, it doesn't go to the other extreme yes. like you mentioned, right? And there's a huge difference in that because obviously the most important thing to you, which as it should be, yeah. is your family yes. unit, right? That is, you're not trying to make it sound that, anything else is a distraction or, you know, that's a distraction from anything else. It's, it's just talking about those personal goals or still having, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like you're still an individual path while still being working towards the same goal together. I'm sure as a unit, right? Like she's going to have her own path to grow on that she has to work for herself toward. And then you're going to have your own as well. But ultimately, it's benefiting the both of you, and it's still working toward yes. the common goal of the family. Like, yeah, huge difference in just saying like, "Oh, I, I just want to be able to do time. only what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about my family." You're so selfish. So yeah. selfish. No, no, no. no. I get no. it. No. Well, yeah, because there's so many different aspects to somebody's life, right? Yeah. You're not just a father and a husband. Yeah. You're also an employee. Yeah. You're also a son. You're also, you know, a friend. You're mm-hmm. also a brother. And, and so I, I think what you're trying to say is being able to, in a healthy way, balance yes. your attention between these different things, obviously without hurting yeah, the main, with, you know. Exactly. Unit. Without, without getting my priorities mixed up. Right. Yeah. That's good. And that's, that's also a difficult balance. Fortunately, I would, I would rather it be that way, right? I would rather put too much energy in my family. I know it's at the yeah. detriment of some other things. But I'm grateful it's not the other way. It's not great that I do that. Um, it's not great that I sacrifice my sometimes my personal goals. And that is mm-hmm. not because they ask. That's just my own personal thing. I do want to make that clear. It's not like my family or my wife is not gracious right. enough to let me right. do that. Yeah. Or support me in it. That's my own personal dare thing. I'm, yeah, talk yeah. her after I'm calling her right now. Let's this put her on speaker. Is, the, this is all me just covering my own. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the when she, she listens back this. to this one day, she's going to be like, Excuse me. Excuse me. But I'm I'm grateful that it's. I think she's great. (laughs) She's just so fantastic. (laughs) Gabrielle, I love you. You're perfect. (laughs) Never change. (laughs) Don't even don't work on yourself. You are great just the way you are. Chase just needs to get himself together. (laughs) No, uh, I I am grateful it is that way rather than me being completely consumed by these other goals because I have heard examples where. Um, for example, there's a guy named Cameron Haynes and he's a bow hunter mm. and to be the best bow hunter in the world. And he is objectively, I think probably the best bow hunter in the world. He also runs ultra marathons and he does workouts and he has all these other areas in each one of those areas where he's very, very good at, they all take a ton of time in practice away from this. And he says he does not, he's not able to put a ton of time into his wife and family. Mm. And his wife is gracious and they're okay with that. There's nothing wrong with that's how the family works. I'm not putting any judgment on it. I uh, am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting judgment on that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, if it works for them, but yeah, yeah. a part of my brain is thinking like, there's no way that that's going to end up like healthy in the long run. But yeah, it's down to know. an individual. Some people are able to do that. Uh, my wife does need a certain amount of attention. Mm-hmm. My wife, mm-hmm. like, that is something my wife requires from right. me is that I do I mean, spend that's time normal with her. And yeah, healthy, yeah, yeah, right? exactly. yeah, yeah. So there's very few, yeah. it is a rarity. And that's why exemplary people and exceptional people are an exception, not a standard because right. they are, they do different things yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. Now, sometimes that is at the sacrifice of family. And if you, for me personally, if you commit to a family, I don't think that's something you are allowed to sacrifice. Yeah. Right. There are people who do amazing things, uh, like Elon Musk, 
for example. Yeah. He has these amazing company, does these things, but he's been divorced like three or four times, whatever, yeah. has kids who he doesn't spend a whole lot of time with. And he does these incredible things. And that's the amount of things that he does and to the level he does them. It requ- I don't even know how he does those, much less have a family. So I understand how it happens. But for me personally, that's not an acceptable sacrifice, even if it's the Agreed. benefit of the entire world, Right. which is sounds kind of weird. But to me, if you commit to your family, that is your priority. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're not going to do that, then commit entirely to your goal. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. If you can't if your goals are the most important thing in your life and family would be secondary and you don't start a family, I don't see a problem with that. I think let's let. okay, that's a lot more nuanced than what I'm saying there. I do think there that is much more nuanced conversation, (laughs) but I'm not going to dive into it. No, for sure. Because that that can go your goals. I would rather you not start a family and dedicate yourself to your goals than start a family and not be able to separate that out and destroy a family and your children's lives and your wife's life at, at the expense, right? So accomplishing goals at the expense of a family, like that's not an acceptable trade off Mm -hmm. to me. So for me, if I had to choose one, I'd say, don't start a family, commit to your goals and do that. I think there is much more beneficial to starting a family than this. Well, we're really just all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, wow, Chase is saying that you shouldn't start a family. There's more freedom being single and focusing on your goals. What what you're saying is if you can't, you know, be able to divide those two and be able to focus on your family in a healthy amount of you know, ways yeah, to not destroy a family, family then yeah, don't, then don't it's better not to, right? And yeah. yeah, I think hopefully most would agree with if that. If your family is just a distraction to you, then don't start a family. Yeah. If, if it can't be a priority and the priority for I think for you. I've found out why I've been single a lot <laughs> last year. Like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and right. honestly, no, I think a lot of it is that. I think a lot of it is... And again, I think this is, it can go very deep and get away from what the original topic is. But I think there's a lot to say about an individual who doesn't want to settle down. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not like a popular opinion in today's society. It's like, focus on yourself, better yourself, me, 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 Yeah. Uh, focus on your career, focus on things. And it's like, first off, I think it's good to better yourself, but ultimately Bettering myself is to be able to serve others, yeah. to live for others, right? To better my community and society and the world, you know, ultimately. When you're just focusing on you, I think it's just very telling of what kind of um, mindset you're in. And it's a very selfish thing, ultimately, right? Yeah. When you're just doing things to benefit yourself. And I don't think it's wrong to do it. I just think that at some point, it's like, all right, so then where am I going to end up? you know, where, where is that feeding into just myself? Like, where am I feeding this, these things into? And it's like, I think for me, that was the case for many years. I just wasn't ready to settle down. I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready to commit to a relationship because I was not in a place where I could, I didn't want to focus my, my, my time and energy into something a little bit bigger than myself because it was all about me. Yeah. I think men especially need a forcing function like that. I found in my own life. So I was married. I, I was married. I was getting out of the military. You are married. Yeah. I've <laughs> I thought you were like dropping a bomb. Sorry. No, no. Like, there was I someone before Gabby. <laughs> I, was, I was newly married. I didn't have kids yet. Yeah. Sorry. So I did have yeah. this responsibility. However, there was still a lot of flexibility. 
Um, but it, it did constrain some. I still had to make some good decisions. So I had joined the military. I was planning on, uh, I, I was most likely going to get out. And what I wanted to do was just come back to Flagstaff, go to school, and get a nursing degree, and kind of be done with it. And that was going to be probably four years of my life after the military with Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. Just, and Gabrielle is my wife, if that's not clear enough. Uh, <laughs> and that's just kind of living life. And then we, my, she got pregnant and that suddenly changed everything. So I had to look and evaluate my choices much more critically. I wasn't going to be able to just live off of what I was going to be making going during the school and in a side job doing this while what I was wanting to provide for my wife and my family. I, I, we'd always wanted her to be able to stay home, raise the kids and be fine with that. And me going to work, doing what I need to do. That plan didn't work. So all of a sudden, I had a forcing function that I was responsible for more. My son was a decision we decided to do, and that reality of us actually having another person to take care of changed my whole perspective. So yes, this whole society is built like, oh, you need to work on yourself, you need to do this, you need to do this. But I think especially for guys, that we don't do that very well. We look at everything, and it is a selfish thing. We're like, oh yeah, I'm just working on myself, I'm just doing this. We don't do that very well. We're not actually working on ourselves for the most part. For the most part, we're just trying to just kind of do whatever. We're just kind of living life. And that's not actually improving ourselves. That's being selfish about our lives. We're being chasers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, In the Quidditch game of life. Yeah, exactly. We're just kind of living. We're not not really helping a whole lot. Scoring points slowly, you know. (laughs) And then suddenly when you actually have some skin in the game, when you have these other things that are responsible for and that are bigger than you and you have to make decisions that require more of you, that makes you step up. Uh, and speaking of Jordan Peterson, he has one of his huge things, like pick the pick up the heaviest thing you can and carry it, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and that is that thing. That is what made me improve and make better decisions for my life. And then from that point on, I said, okay, I can't go with this plan. I completely shifted gears, made better decisions that were already there that I had beforehand, but just completely ignored. And I don't know why, like when looking back, I'm like, why in the world was I thinking I should go this direction that was going to have this long lead time and not as financially viable, not as experiential, you know, it's not as good for me objectively than if I went this other direction. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to go this direction. And I did put some risk into it. There was risk involved, but felt like I could do it. And it it made me having that drive of the family and the son that was going to be there did put just this huge amount of motivation and discipline into it. Like there was no, there was no room for error. So, which was going back to distraction and stuff to be a little bit more clear. I was trying to get a job in the technical field. I was in the military as a network administrator. So I was already somewhat technical, but I wanted to get a job. There was a program available sponsored by Microsoft that would introduce you to large companies in the tech field and would train you for like six months to do a technical job, even if you didn't already have the experience. And then you would interview with Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, along with also building a resume, doing all these uh, soft skills and business skills. And so there's no guarantee that I got a job at the end of that, though. There's no guarantee that you get it. It's just that they train you to do it and then continue to work with you to try and get you into the field. But you're guaranteed an interview, at least a first round interview with Microsoft, which is just a, like, do you fit in the culture of the company? 
And they also then would introduce you with these other companies. And so during that time, there was no margin of error. I was getting out in December of 2016. My son was set to be born January of 2017. So I had no guarantee that I would get a job out of this. It was a month between when I was going to have a child and be completely out of the, the care of the military. So I had no, <laughs> no anything like this is what I'd said. And I was away from my unit for sitting around five or six months, something like that, training to try and do this. So I put everything into that 100% of my energy and focus because that was my only path forward. I was not distracted. I had zero distractions. I was completely dedicated to this singular task. Yeah. And speaking of that secret, that's the point in my life where I was that and the following year after where I was completely dedicated. So I was studying during the school day. I, I studied like eight hours at night after the school day just to be prepared for everything mm. that I could be. I was fortunate enough and blessed to get a job with Microsoft and continued that. It was in an area, it was basically programming, and I'd had zero experience with that. I'd been a system administrator. I wasn't studying in this course to program or anything like that, so I had zero experience, but I did not want to lose my job either. I had a new kid. We bought a house a few months after starting with Microsoft, and so all of this continual pressure, and again, I just worked. There were there were days where I worked for 24 hours straight, mm. It, not not a really good habit that I yeah. I say that to was do. literally the yeah. imagine you could be an aim single mindedly yes <laughs> it was that yeah. was completely it right it so I was making sure that I was providing for my family yeah. that I would not lose my job with Microsoft which was what it was able to support my family now that period in my life was probably the hardest one of the hardest points in my life but it was also one of the best because mm-hmm. I was so singularly focused. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've wanted to get back to that. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to get back to the point where my job, I was passionate about. Yeah. And I was passionate enough to set aside everything else. I was passionate enough to set aside any other goals and other areas that I might want to be interested in. And I would like to be at a point in that in my professional life, but also in these other areas of what I would like to do. I would like to be so singularly focused, not distracted and away from any sort of like there was no room for YouTube. There was no room for anything else. And if I did, it was, it was moderate. It was yeah. at a, at a proportional level that was healthy somehow. Or probably pertaining to like what you were focusing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's the thing. Like that was a healthy level of social media and other things that were fine. They were balanced enough to where they didn't interrupt and take away from my other goals that I had. I was able to work towards these goals and be successful in them. Yeah. really happy that I was in that place. So they were difficult and hard, but I've never like, for the most part, I've never been happier. Yeah, man, that sounds pretty intense though. <laughs> yes, it was, but yeah. we were, we were right. like, I, I enjoy that. I like right. being so dedicated to something and just yeah. wanting to reach a level that was, yeah. um, there was almost though, like a, a necessity for you to, to focus on it that much. Oh, yeah. Right. Cause it was almost, um, survival it was almost like a, you kind of had to you almost had no other choice and granted there's always a choice and you could have just mm-hmm. taken an easy route i'm sure and maybe it wouldn't have been as secure or as stable but it would have been easier than sacrificing and compromising as yeah. much as you did well, but it ultimately was for yeah and those better. are those forcing functions yeah i had this constant forcing function it wasn't like i was just wanting to do it for myself it was that i needed to do it for my family 
And so I had this forcing function that was something bigger than me that had a requirement that I didn't know if I was going to be capable of doing it, but I didn't have the option really not to. Yeah. So I had this driving factor constantly pushing me forward. And regardless if I was tired or if I was sick of doing it, or I literally made myself sick physically because I was working so hard at it that I was willing to do that because there was this other piece. If my family hadn't been there, if I hadn't been committed to providing for my wife and my newborn child, I wouldn't have done the same level. So that's, that is another reason why having a family, having something bigger, a purpose bigger than yourself is so important. And now I'm at a point where, excuse me. Yeah. Where my, my life has settled enough to where we're not in that same position where that need isn't so great. Not that we don't have that, not that it isn't there. So I still want to do my job very well. It's not like that. But I miss that time where I was just so driven to a goal. Mm-hmm. And having a purpose-filled life is extraordinarily important. Yeah. And having a bunch of purposes is not the same as no. having a having a singular purpose. Yeah. Having your why. Yeah, having your why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, Which is a whole other topic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think we'll be good with how much topics we can cover now. <laughs> yeah. They're just like branching off of each other. Like, no, but that's true. I think your why, right, was ultimately your family, yep. right? And working towards that and being able to push through the obstacle and push through um, the late nights and, and double work. And I think having a greater purpose in yourself mm-hmm. would probably reignite a, a similar focus yeah. maybe, right? I think there's this quote by Bruce Lee that's like the best warrior is the average man with like laser focus or something uh. like that. And I think um, being able to have something that's, I mean, obviously unless you're in a horrible situation and you're just trying to better yourself and you make yourself the goal of like, I'm going to get myself out of this. And obviously of course that's enough to maybe drive someone to be able to be focused and, and better themselves because there's a healthy balance there. But I think when you have a goal like your family or someone who's other than yourself mm-hmm. driving that behind that, it's a lot maybe motivating to not be as easily distracted or to at least cut off yeah. as much distraction as possible. And and I think there's, I think it's a very mature thing as well that doesn't come easily being able to cut things out that yeah. ultimately aren't for your good or for your family's good. And that's hard. Yeah. That is a very hard thing to do, but it does take. When you're not in that situation yeah. where it's just required. And it's easy not to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. That's anybody. That's no, me. Yeah. That's no, those, really isn't. It's, when it's you don't anybody, have those right. forcing functions. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's where it's so. There is a point where then your forcing function has to be your discipline. Yeah. When, thankfully, I don't always want to be in a place where my family's stressed out. I'm like, are we going to make it? Or yeah. are we going to do this? Because we've. Yes, it does force you into action. We've been in the, my family has been in that position for this last year. Which we'll probably have, we're going to have to touch (laughs) on that because that whole story is crazy. It's, yeah, yeah, you guys have been through quite a bit of a lot of external trial. Yeah. Like through the fire, literally. Yeah. And it drives my wife crazy because in some ways I crave that. Mm. I'm because not, it pushes you because it's just yeah it's i have pains. a purpose yeah i have yeah. this battle i have this fight that i gotta win and i gotta be in yeah and there's no other option 
And for me, oh man, it's bad. I don't know if it's bad or if it's good, but I love that feeling. Yeah. That's, it sounds bad, but I do. No, I get it. I think. <sighs> it is. It's having yeah. a purpose. Yeah, it's having it's a purpose. It's having this, this very clear purpose. And with, with real repercussions, I, I do want to have a purpose in here, but I'm not able to put myself into where someone like Elon Musk is able to put himself into that he has a purpose to do, to try and make electric cars or to try and to buy Twitter, to try and improve public discourse. You know, he's able to set him and say, this is, this is paramount to everything. There's real danger involved if I don't do this or somebody doesn't and I can do this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And that's how he feels. And so that's what he's able to put himself to. Right. What if I did that for, if I was really going to try and bring value through this podcast, mm -hmm. you know, if we we're going to really put it and then we actually put the weight on it that it might be. Yeah. Not that I think that we, <laughs> that I, I bring that there. Yeah. But I don't know that I do want to, that I'm able to put so much pressure on myself that I do want to provide some value yeah, so absolutely. much. Yeah. Or if I do, if I was going to write a book, yeah. I was able to put an appropriate level amount of pressure yeah. on myself that there would be negative repercussions if I didn't do that. If I took myself seriously enough, if I took my goals seriously enough, because right now I'm not. I may think that I am when I'm like, yes, this is important to me, but my yeah. actions prove otherwise. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I say, yes, right. this is what I want to do. I don't really want to do it. I don't want to do it enough, meaning I don't want it bad enough to actually to give up every, yeah. to give up the other things. Right. Right. To be yeah. dedicated enough. And I, I've already proven in my life that there are things you were, yeah, that I do that, do that for. Yeah. So obviously these things aren't important to me enough to do that. I don't have enough weight on that goal that makes me say, I need to do this or I will not be able to, you know, I, I, I won't be happy. Yeah. And I, I truly think that there, there is that there. I do think that if I go on through my life, not that that it, like I dwell on it, like we're talking about those internal things yeah. where I'm going to dwell on it saying, if I don't do this, I just won't be happy and stay right. on that only. But I know that as of right now that I could accomplish more and I am upset with myself currently that I haven't accomplished things yeah. that I have wasted a certain amount of time. Yeah. So I know that it will affect me, but I'm not taking myself seriously enough. I am not respecting my future self enough right, absolutely. to actually apply myself to do that. I, so I respected my family enough to, to put the weight and the importance that their well being was worth any amount of cost, that it was worth any amount of work, effort, sacrifice, and risk to get them to a point where I wanted them to be. Yeah. I'm not respecting and them too, because this is partially for them. I do yeah. have reasons for them to be something. Yeah. Right. I do want to be right. an example for my Absolutely. son to do certain things. Yeah. And I do want to provide a certain life for my wife and family. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe my focus is misplaced, but I do want to do it in a certain way. Yeah, I do want to definitely. be, I do want to do something myself, not just be reliant on a company and a, you know, an employer to accomplish some of these goals. I do want to accomplish some of these things myself, but I'm not respecting them and myself enough right now. And I'm not proving that Yeah. by not giving my doing, doing my goals justice yeah. right now. I am not putting in the effort that I should be. And I, I could sacrifice a little bit of sleep. I could sacrifice watching a movie or yeah. a YouTube video or listening to an audio book yeah. or a myriad of other things. Yeah. Because I don't want to be just a 
what is it? A uh, keep, not a keeper. What is it? A, a chaser. A chaser. I, yeah, right. that's a really good no, Yeah, right, which a is a cool, uh, right. Yeah. Like you said, I think it's fine if you're. For just, me personally, you know, there's nothing right. wrong with it. Well, it's just, I, I think there's nothing wrong with, with being a chaser, right? As far as the Quidditch game thing yeah. goes. Uh, obviously, they're scoring points, right? Yeah. They're still um, trying to attain yes. a win for the team, for the yeah. greater good. But I think when you put yourself in, in the place of wanting to be a seeker, you're looking for something that's just that much bigger and better yeah. than you, right? You're like, looking for this impossible goal and this this higher level than what what I could be doing. Right. I know I can be, and I think that is That's probably is. wrong. You're not comparative to a chaser. Like you are all of the team players. You are all of these things. But are you only going to be a chaser. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what, that's the point. So it's right? not about somebody else doing something. This isn't right. it. Like your goal is different than mine. I'm, I am completely speaking for myself and it res, if it resonates with you, then great. Mm-hmm. That, but my intent is not to say, Hey, this is for you. This is purely for me, not putting it above anybody else's life and ideals and goals. That's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. No, that's good. I think I, I like that you touched on even the bit about, like respecting yourself enough because it still goes to that imagining who you could be. Yeah. Right. And it's, you know, touching a little bit about what you and your family have been through. There's plenty of people who go through different hardships, different trials. And, you know, we had a fire in Northern Arizona that it literally like was just burning through. Yeah. It was like 50 feet away from my house. Yeah. Literally 50 (laughs) feet away from your house. It displaced you guys. Obviously it was a scary moment to think that a fire can just come and take away your home just like that. Well, it didn't end there. Obviously the fires affected the geographical area where you live. Then there was another fire. There was another fire. Yes. There was another fire. That one actually caused the further problems. Yes. Which caused your home to flood. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I should add some (laughs) Yeah. Since we're going into it. So we had one wildfire. We live near uh, two separate mountains. Um, there's one mountain that's fairly close to my house. And so the first one burned a huge part of the other mountain and burned then all the way up to 50 feet away from my house, literally 50 feet away. Uh, we weren't sure if we were going to have a house after that. We were thankful we did. Yeah. Then two weeks after that got under control, there was another fire yeah. or maybe a month, month or two weeks, something like that, mm-hmm. really close to it. Uh, another fire that burned that whole mountain that's really close to our house. Now, when that happens, there's some um, chemistry that happens with fire and soil that causes the soil to turn hydrophobic. And when it's on a mountain slope, that hydrophobic soil means that it won't absorb water. It'll just roll off of it like it's almost Not to be confused with homophobic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hydrophobic. Look it up. (laughs) So when that happens... Um, the mountain slope just doesn't absorb water at all. It's like waterproof. So the water just rolls down that. Mm. Well, we, this, both of these fires happened right before monsoon season. And actually there's a natural phenomenon when you have a big fire season that for some reason you have an abnormally strong, uh, monsoon season right around that same area. It's kind of a weird thing. It's Mother Earth trying to correct. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit late. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I'll send the rains no. to put out the fire. It's gone. It's Thanks. It's coordination. It just happened <laughs> yeah. too fast. Uh, so that those monsoons dropped on the hydrophobic soil, mm. and all that water happened to run basically directly at my house, which flooded my house. Yeah. 
So thankfully, none of us were hurt, but it, it flooded my house in Bruin. We've been through two fires, this flooding happened, and it continued to flood for months on end. So we weren't even able to fix the house. Along with that, we had insurance problems where they weren't going to give us any help. Uh, we had um. to take them to court. We had to get lawyers involved. All of this stuff. And yeah, I won't go too far into it because we can talk about it another yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was another yeah. period in life where yes. I was just completely dedicated and focused right. in a lot of different ways to try and make sure my family got through it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I brought that up because ultimately there is still a choice to not let those hardships affect you in the sense of it could have been a very, I mean, it is a very negative thing in the sense of you're displaced from your home, but I'm talking about your, the growth of your character personally and the growth of your family mm -hmm. as a family unit, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, event could have been a distraction from who you could be, mm -hmm. right? And you could have let that affect you guys to the point where, it's not, you're not going to grow from it. You're not going to learn from it. You're not going to be impacted by it mm -hmm. ultimately in a positive way. Right. You'll just, yeah. You'll let it roll over you. Yeah. You'll let it roll over you. Exactly. And, and that can be, I mean, it's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice ultimately. And, and I think to be able to take situations like that and not let them be in vain Yeah. because obviously life is going to happen, Yeah. but you still get to decide ultimately whether it's just going to distract you from who you could be. Yeah right? Who you could become, which is a better person, a better family unit, or you can just let it, you know, like you said, just run you over and just, you become ultimately worse yeah. for it. I 100% agree. Yeah. I am a big proponent that you don't, you don't always get to choose what happens to you, yeah. but you do get to choose how you react to it. Yeah. And even though what happens to you might be a negative how you handle it and how you react to it can be a positive. You get yeah. to choose that reaction. Mm -hmm. Not that it's an ideal situation, but you can make it a positive and a benefit. It yeah. can be a blessing if you, if you choose to be, but you have to then decide and, and dedicate yourself to it. You can't be distracted by the negative aspects to it. Yeah. Not that it don't happen. I'm not saying that I handled everything in there 100% perfectly. Not that it was because well, some of it's trial and error, right? Oh, some, yeah. some things you just don't know. So when you make a decision, you won't, realize how it's going to affect you until yeah. you make a decision. But I think it still just proves that you're at least trying to take action yeah. right towards something better. And so, and even just the attitude around it, it's, it's that you then decide what your attitude is going to be about it every yeah, single absolutely. day. Not that I was always perfect at it. That's what I mean. I, I wasn't always 100% positive. I tried not to let that show, especially to my wife and family, but yeah, I had like a full blown panic attack when that happened. <laughs> And my, I, I don't even live, I didn't live near the fire, but I was like, so my sister, you know, lives out in the area where it, when it's, when it crossed over and it was kind of heading in that direction yeah. they were in the like, you know, be ready for evacuation kind of zone. And they were out of town and I had their kids and I had to rush to their house oh, that's and, right. and, yeah. and just be ready just in case. So I was grabbing a few things for them and I remember driving towards that side of town and I literally like, because we have quite a few friends who live in the area where mm -hmm. you were affected, right? And unfortunately, yours was affected the worst, or at least in the sense of where you actually are like displaced from your home still currently. Mm -hmm. But I remember you guys just kind of like flashing through my mind and I was seeing like these huge billows of smoke just coming out from like that side <laughs> of the mountain. And I literally had a panic attack driving to that side of town, which is dumb because like, but I was just, I saw it as this, it sounds kind of silly, but you know, I think that's where that difference is. But of, of painting it 
obviously it's something negative that's happening, but I think I was letting it consume me where I was like, oh my gosh, like this thing that's happening is very, it felt like very, I know it's going to sound silly, but evil, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just felt like this very evil thing, which is just nature really that was happening, obviously was caused by someone's you know, <laughs> complete, yeah, the whole story behind how the fire started is something we'll probably talk about at some point. But, you know, I kind of saw it as this very evil thing that was just kind of plaguing our town and our community and my friends. And it just, I think I let it get a little too dark in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, man, it just feels like this very evil, like, thing that's just kind of befalling our town. Because, you know, the, the fire had already happened previously. And then the second one came in, like pretty soon after that. And I was just watching everything go up in smoke and it felt really horrible. But then not just your story, but even hearing other people's stories from the mm-hmm. community that came out of that with just like such a positive attitude, it was like, okay, like yeah. good can come from this as yeah. horrible as the situation is. It ultimately didn't let, you know, certain people won't let them won't let that distract them from, what good can come out of yeah. it. Because ultimately it, that's what it could be, right? It's just a huge distraction on your path to a better life, yeah. to a better you, to a better family unit. And that's just, it's pretty crazy story, honestly, dude. <laughs> like you, you guys have been through um, quite a bit. Yeah. This last year. year was really, really trying. We've overall, like you're saying, it was a blessing. I mean, we could talk about a bunch of different ways. Yeah. But one of the things that we already touched on was seeing the growth in my wife. Yeah. Watching how she grew through all of this. Mm-hmm. She's fundamentally a different person yeah. now than than when yeah. she, than what she was before. And here's the really cool thing about that is allowing that growth because ultimately I it it is for her own good, mm-hmm. right? But imagine the people that the potential for her to be of service to others and to Mm. help others is amazing to me. Right. And and I think like the thought that which we should all take on personally is never like keep the kind of service you could be to others. Like don't keep that to yourself. Right. And, And I think it's awesome to be able to, get out of situations like this and be a better person and have grown through it because ultimately that's going to be, make her a better mother, a better wife, a better friend, a better sister. And to have that experience as hard as it is under your belt to be able to turn around and like give that right back to someone who might need it later on. Right. Like the potential of you being able to help others through this. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy experience. Cause once you've been through something, right, you have this idea that you can, you're like, Oh man, I feel so bad for this person. I know what they're going through, but unless you've been through something very specifically alike, and I'm not saying this about other people towards, um, like people who come and say, no, I know what you're going through and this, I'm saying from my perspective where I've been like, Oh man, I can empathize with what they've gone through, yeah. but going through it now. No, like I couldn't imagine what mm-hmm. they were going through. I wasn't even close. My thoughts on what I thought they were going through weren't even close right. to then when actually going through it. Because Robert and Joanna, our cousins, mm-hmm. had a house flooded yeah. the year before. Yes. And we went out and that we helped bad. and we did what we could. And I was, man, I feel so bad. I I can empathize with them and I've, you know, I, I you know, know what they're going through. 
And then the next year, I went through something very similar, and it wasn't even close to what I thought they were going through, not even remotely. And not to not to bash on anybody. It's not that you know that empathy isn't important, and you oh, yeah. that it's just that unless you've gone through an experience very similar. Mm-hmm that you can't truly understand. No. And that's not a bad thing. It's not, no, you know, that's yeah. not, it's not anything but negative. That, that's also what makes as, as bad as the experience was that that's also what makes it special yeah. is that now it is so unique exactly. to the both of you that you completely understand. Yes. It's not just, you know, someone can go from just being apathetic to sympathetic yes. to empathetic, but now you truly actually literally understand exactly. it fully. It's that now if someone does, and I hope nobody does, I don't want anybody (laughs) else to go through anything like this, but if someone does, I'm going to be much more conscious and behave and, and act differently, right? Like looking back, I could have reached out a lot more to uh, them after the fact. Mm -hmm. And even though they said they were fine, they were grateful for the hell we did. I should have been Mm -hmm. more present and just make myself available because other people were that example to me other people who have gone through similar things they showed me and they were an example how i should be behaving to people going through similar situations so one it's been a great learning example for me like Mm -hmm. overall it's not about other people as far as like i'm very grateful for what they did but i'm so thankful for the example that people have set for me because i've seen and and they've just proven me over and over again what i should be doing when people are going through hard times yeah. Much in a much greater way than I would have learned otherwise, sure. and <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to learn it than other other than going through it. Through it, yeah. yeah. There's no better teacher. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly what I mean. Is that my wife, being a fundamentally different person, that's another forcing function. I didn't have a. Yes. It, there was no way I could have, I could have been a crutch for her through that time. I needed right. her to be stronger, so yeah. she became. Stronger. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't be acting the same way I was before and where I would step yeah. in all the time. Right. And through that, I saw, and she was an example yeah. to me yeah, that absolutely. of how she can grow, yeah. what she can handle, what she right. can take, how well, I can rely of, on. Yeah. Right. On how Which I can ultimately rely was on like her. an eye opener for you. You're yes. like, oh, wait up. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. That I, 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 again, I was underestimating her and not doing her yeah. the service that she deserved. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Man, that's good. I'm like, <laughs> I think there's always this like idea of the growth, the possibility of the growth you, yeah. you have going through these things. Um, but then it's also very scary because, you know, and I, I think there's people who don't necessarily need to go through things to be able to empathize or mm. to be able to be a good person and be there. Right. But yeah. it's true. You, you really don't know what something's like until you've been through it or in a similar instance that you're able to apply a similar understanding yeah. to right and i think um there's a lot of potential for growth there but there's also a lot of potential for worsening of your character oh, yeah. i guess and because you can take it as that oh it's unfair yeah. to me i should Gabby have could to, have taken the situation yes. and gone completely the other direction yes right she could have just been like negative i can't do any of she this she could have been yeah, yeah i'm just gonna like become you know, traumatized and extremely fearful of it. And it is a very traumatizing and scary thing, but she could have taken that and completely applied it in the, in the opposite direction. Right. And you could look at that situation where these forces of nature are going against you that I have no agency in what's happening to me at all right now. And to a certain extent, that would be right, but only to an extent. Again, you don't always have the choice in what happens to you, Mm -hmm. but you do have agency in how you handle it. You do have agency in then the future, 
right? What's happened is happened. And I think that's been my viewpoint for a long time. What's happened is happened. Um, Whether it's been through mistakes or whether it's been through situations, those things have just happened. If I could have done something differently, I'll try my best to learn from it and avoid it in the future. However, sometimes that's just not the case. Yeah. And so she could have been, this is all just unfair. I can't do anything. Nothing will change. And you know what? Then fine. I'm not going to do anything. Right. Absolutely. It's like, don't let crisis distract you from the opportunity for growth. Yes. Yes. You know, because it's, a really good way it. it's it is an opportunity ultimately mm-hmm. for growth, yeah. you know, and <laughs> the crisis itself can be a distraction from being able to be a better person. Yeah. Come, you know, come out the other side of it, a better person. Um, no, that's good, man. This is, I actually, I think we did better than last time <laughs> without any notes. Surprisingly, I think I, at least the conversation, I can watch me listen yeah. back and be like, dang it. It's Biden like, all over again. This, I had no, <laughs> I just like, no. What was I even saying? What, what did I even? I never finished any thought. I never finished when did what I, I was start saying. Speaking Spanish? What Why am I talking happened? about Harry Potter again? Like in Quidditch? Why is Harry, po- Harry Potter a recurring theme in <laughs> every podcast? Yeah, I'm just gonna tr- like find a way to bring up Harry We're Potter. We're renaming this from No Experience Required to Harry Potter Experience Harry. Required. <laughs> if you have not read Harry Potter, no, <laughs> don't uh, even bother. Don't, <laughs> there's seven books, eight movies. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I really, really like enjoyed this conversation. I think ultimately it was super, I think it came a lot more naturally to be honest too. Yeah. Well, and it also, maybe it's I just had to get out of, one. yeah, I had yeah. to get out of my own head and, and it felt like the way we just have conversations. Yeah. You only laughed for 15 minutes before the podcast. Yeah. Instead of, instead of 45. <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. It felt a lot more, I felt a lot more comfortable and yeah. a lot more, but this is what I wanted to be. Right. I think this was the goal is to just have conversation and just have dialogue between two guys who have pretty weird experiences and uh yeah i, I really enjoyed this one yeah i did I too it was good i don't to be honest i forgot to put what the time thing and i don't even want to mess with it right now in case it like stops recording so i have no <laughs> idea how long we've gone it actually has been a good amount of time yeah it's been it's oh man definitely, yeah <laughs> yeah it's been a pretty good chunk of time we had a lot to talk about we yeah. had a lot to say on the matter i think we did a pretty good job at sticking and tying yeah. everything to what distraction could be and uh, you know we touched a little bit on the goals thing we touched you know on quite a bit of different stuff i think it was good i think i'm happy with it i was yeah. happy with this one i think it's a good wrap up yeah just if you if you do struggle like I am. So this is not, I told you before this, I didn't want to be a point of authority. This is just me talking about what I'm struggling with my own experience. But if you do have experience with this, I would love to hear your perspectives. I would love to hear what you think about distraction, how you handle it. And if you do have goals you want to accomplish and you do have something like you're trying to be a seeker for something. Yeah. I hope you do it. I hope you this year, Take the opportunity to cut out things that aren't important. Find those goals that are important to you, things that you do want to accomplish, and make those happen. Cut out everything else in your life. Find a way to move past the distractions. Cut out the ways that pull you away from it and dedicate yourself to it. And make sure they're important goals. They shouldn't be frivolous. You should have important and impactful things to you, your life, your family. Um and make sure those happen. Make yourself a better person as you go through here. And I, I would love to hear how that's gone. And I hope that at the end of this year, I'm able to we'll keep each other accountable. <laughs> we'll keep each other accountable. I yeah. think. And like you said, I don't think this comes from a place of like, 
oh, we've we know it all, and like no, so. I'm gonna read this like, quote from one mine of my, is like in the my right favorite now. bloggers. It's I don't write from a high horse, wondering why others are stuck in the mud, making mistakes that should be obvious to avoid. I write from the ground with mud caked boots and understanding stamped on my heart from lessons lived. <laughs> that is from. Mr. Chase Wilson himself <laughs> from his blog. Go check it out. I was hoping at some point I wouldn't be still in the mud, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm still here in the mud. Just constantly. I kind of like to be on a horse once. Yeah, exactly. Why, why am I not on the horse? Why am I still holding the horse, leading it through the mud? I, but I really do love that. And that has stuck with me. So you have a blog called the uncommon man, the uncommon man. And I remember reading through this blog post you had posted um, about, I think it's discipline. Yeah. And that, what you just said, like really stuck out to me. First off, your writing is awesome. And, and, and just that whole idea of, yeah, like we don't, these things, these experiences, these opinions, these thughts, whatever, don't come from a place of, no. oh, we know it all. And, you know, we've, we've been through it. And so we <laughs> come from a place of understanding and hopefully relation to what others might be going through. And yeah. I listen to a lot of people and they're like, I had, you know, this and they, they be like, Oh, I have this answer. Yeah. (laughs) That's not me. I'm just the, that example is still true. It's more like I'm right beside you. Let's figure this this out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hey, if you're feeling like you're alone in that, you can always listen to me. I'm not, I may not have the exact thing you need to get up out of the mud, but Hey, I'll be right there with you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, that's so good. Uh, Yeah. I think, yeah. On that note, thanks for, talking and if anyone's listening to this thanks for listening if you like yeah i mean follow along we'll we'll see what we come up to on our next episode and remember that only you can prevent forest fires (laughs) 